Welcome to Work and the Future, a podcast about tomorrow, with your host, Linda Nazareth. Well, hello, and thank you so much for joining us today on a special episode of Work in the Future, sponsored by Microsoft. This episode is part of a series looking at the issues we face in the workplace as we move into this next phase of the pandemic and eventually into post-pandemic life. Well, one issue we always have is how to manage workers. What if you have to do that when the workers are coming together from different organizations with different corporate cultures? What if you're trying to do that in the midst of a crisis like a pandemic? You know, combining cultures is something we see a lot of these days as companies merge. We may see more of it after the pandemic, too, because we'll be restructuring. When you bring companies together, you're doing it from a business point of view, but often when you do that, you're also bringing together a lot of disparate parts. And then you have to get everyone communicating with each other, and you also have to put together a current communication strategy to get your message out, your new message, out to the outside world. These are big challenges for managers, and they're challenges for workers as well. Well, my guest today has had hands-on experience dealing with all of that. Terry Buckley is Director of Corporate Communications at Connect First Credit Union. That's in Alberta, Canada. Uh, Connect First is a company that's comprised of what used to be four different companies and four different corporate cultures. Now, Terry had the challenge of putting together a communication strategy when the companies merged, which happened in early 2020, which you may remember uh, was a time when there was a lot of other challenges hitting us. So her experience is really interesting, and she shares some really insightful takeaways in our conversation, you know, in terms of how the company relied on technology to get things done, but also how people reacted and learned to adapt as they had to come together from different places. It was a really interesting conversation. I think it's really worth listening to. So please stay with us. Combine divergent cultures into a single brand. Well, a lot of it comes down to communication, having the right communications platforms. And from there, you can start bringing people together. Well, my guest today is Terry Buckley. She's Director of Corporate Communications at Connect First Credit Union. She did this in her organization and she joins me now to talk about the experience. Hi, Terry. Hi, Linda. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's uh, great to have you. There's so much to talk about. Uh, but I want to start just with your own background, because I'm always curious about how people ended up doing what they're doing. So funny enough, I have a history degree, so that's like not super relevant, but I did a history degree in school, and then I ended up doing public relations, communications, and then I've been at the credit union for 11 years now, kind of started with community investment, so working on our corporate philanthropy and sponsorships, and then I moved into communications a few years ago. So that's my kind of background in a nutshell. So you've done that for however long, and then you're working in an organization, and you're told you're going to be folding four different brands, four different cultures into one entity, which is challenging, and you're in charge of the communication side of this. Tell me a little bit about that experience, what that was like. Yeah, so some background is in 2014, we actually had two credit unions come together, but they kept their external brand. So one was First Calvary Financial and one was Chinook Financial. And then over the next six years, we joined two other ones. So although this whole time we were the same organization with the same vision and mission, we had four external brands, which Chinook, um, First Calvary, Mountain View, and um, Legacy Financial. So that was kind of 
what we had been dealing with. And then in 2019, we said, let's take away the external brands and all become Connect First so that the consumer just sees us in whatever town they are in Alberta, that they see Connect First and we have a consistent member experience and a more consistent culture across the board. So that was kind of the context of this this rebrand. And so we actually rebranded and reintroduced ourselves to Alberta in May of 2021. This is this is as the pandemic was unfolding. So you have an extra challenge on top of that. You know, it's always difficult when you bring any organizations together because everyone has a different culture, a different way of doing things. Was that a challenge? Were they different in different in you know important ways? Oh, totally. Yeah. So you know, there's a few cultural differences. Generally, you know, there were some that were urban and some that were rural, and so that in, in itself brings different ways of working. We had different leadership for each division. So the leaders would instill different kind of cultural norms. We had different banking systems across different regions, different websites, um, and again, just different way of interacting with our customers. So there was a pretty significant change if you were you know, in Chinook and Claire's home or in First Calgary in Calgary. Um, the experience that we were delivering to our customers and the way we worked with our employees was quite different um, across the board, yes. Okay, so you're in charge of communications. Before the launch, how much in advance of the launch did you start this process, at least internally? Yeah, so internally was a huge priority for us. And so we started, it was kind of a mix of both things. So one was, we knew we were gonna do a rebrand in the spring of 2021, but we also had the pandemic hit. And so there was a couple of things that, it almost made a beautiful mess because it was like we needed to speed up this digital workplace, as we call it. So speed up the ability for everyone across the organization to be able to connect together on a shared platform digitally so they can have authentic conversations and connect with each other, but also on a single culture and a new culture of connecting. So we started doing this basically, you know, the pandemic hit in March in 2020. So Pretty quick after that, we started um, introducing Teams and a new SharePoint. And so it was about um, almost a year lead up into the rebrand that we started working on this kind of stuff. Well, let's talk about that technology side of things, which is kind of the logistics, but it's also the heart of it, right? How comprehensive were the changes there? Oh my gosh, they were so comprehensive. Like I remember the first, so I was working in my basement Um, when the pandemic hit and we had to organize an employee call and it was like we were using a conference line where it's like trying to get everyone to mute and you couldn't get everyone to mute so you could hear people breathing and walking and we had you know 2013 SharePoint which was really old uh, for anyone knows that angle and we relied heavily on kind of push communication so everything was emailed to everyone so there was emails kind of like everywhere we had we didn't, we used Skype for business instead of Teams. Like we hadn't turned on any of the modern SharePoint um, or Microsoft tools. So we were really kind of, I would say fairly behind. And then in addition to that, each region had different ways of communicating with each other. So some regions would be really specifically using an old SharePoint page to share files. Some would be using strictly emails. Some would really like in-person meetings. And so the way each region communicated with each other was different as well. So it was kind of like for somebody I had just come into this role in communications and it was almost like anything I could do was going to be great at this point. So it was kind of a fun thing to walk into. 
Just the training side of this must have been huge. I mean, did people have the skills to navigate this? Yeah, the training part was big. And so, for example, our first project was integrating, bringing into teams because we said uh, we need to help people collaborate on file sharing and talk to each other across the organization and have video calls, um, whether you're in the branch or working from home. And so, you know, the way we did everything was, you know, start with a pilot. So, you know, pilot with our executive leaders and get them to really understand it and then work with champions and kind of start small. And then, and then, you know, it was, we did do training and we um, worked with our training team, but it actually wasn't as much as I thought it needed to be like, and I think it was because of the pandemic that we were doing all this, everyone's forced into having to learn new digital tools and everyone's forced out of their comfort zone anyway. So the amount of change we were able to instill with our communication channels to support the single brand um, was really sped up because I think everyone was just ready to use new tools because we had to. Is that a necessity? That's a really interesting point because in some organizations, you do get a lot of pushback, right? That I don't want to learn this and this already works. In the case of the pandemic, I think everyone just knew they had to step up. Yeah, it was like the pandemic. And then I was also like, hey guys, we, can, we can't have four different internet sites because we're going to be, we will be restructured to be one team. So this is it. So there was, there was almost two things going for us to be able to uh, really speed up this, this change process. Okay. So, you know, we always learn when we do these things, whether it's the pandemic or a new project like this, what is the thing that surprised you most? How excited people were for the tools. Like I, you know, I think it was something where I would, you know, you, you're so scared to implement new things because you're like, oh, we, this is the way we work in the past. But everyone is actually pretty eager to learn and pretty excited to try new things. And so I would almost say it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. That's <laughs> yeah. And I think it's, you know, a big learning I had through this whole thing was, you know, you're not going to get it perfect right out the gate. And if, if you communicate to everyone hey, we're trying this new platform or, hey, we're, we're bringing everyone together on Yammer or we're introducing teams. We were always very um, good at having authentic conversations around like, why are we doing this? How does it link to our strategic vision? And also lay out the expectation that, hey, we're learning this together as an organization. So we're going to turn this app on. This is a rough plan. And then in a couple of months, we might evolve it. And, and everyone seemed to be pretty okay with us going through this learning journey as one culture together. And that's interesting because, you know, again, sometimes, I don't know if it's stereotypes, but you hear older people don't want to try this, or uh, we just in general get the feeling that there's going to be resistance to change. You didn't find that. Well, I did find it a bit. So um, the biggest change for us from a communication angle is a lot of our employees are really used to what we call push notifications. So, you know, being able to get something in your email that's directed to you. And instead, we moved completely to pull notifications. So we tried to basically send zero corporate emails anymore. And everything is on our SharePoint or on Yammer or on Teams. And it really allows people to kind of go access information. And that is still a bit of a sticking point for people. Because when you've been working with email for 30 years and that's how you like to get your information. And then we say, no, you have to go to our internet to go get this information. That was definitely the biggest challenge to get people. And we're still, we're still working with people to get them out of the um, outlook brain. <laughs> oh, Terry, just stay with me for a second. I want to come back and talk about how the changes to how people worked in terms of remote and everything else uh, were part of this process. 
Microsoft 365 is designed to help you achieve more with innovative office apps, intelligent cloud services, and world-class security. Get work done with productivity solutions and stay connected with your employees and clients, whether you're working remotely or on-site. Microsoft 365 allows you to safeguard your business data with a cloud platform that offers built-in security features for remote and hybrid work. Visit aka.ms forward slash m365forbiz, that is F-O-R-B-I-Z, to learn more about Microsoft 365 for Business. Okay, we're back with Terry Buckley, and we're talking about all the communications challenges that went with bringing cultures together. But, you know, we should really talk more about the pandemic being part of this, because at the same time, you're trying to implement communication strategies, bring these brands together. We're also going through this big experiment and how people work, whether they're all together in one place or within an organization, they're working from home. Uh, how well, first of all, within the organizations you were bringing together, was hybrid and working from home part of any, or was everyone experimenting this at the same time? Um, so we had, since we are a credit union and a financial institution, we have people in the branches and then we have admin employees, some working from the office and some working from home. Before the pandemic hit, we sort of had a hybrid work model, but very informal and not like not, it wasn't very common for people to work from home. And so when the pandemic hit, this was a huge learning curve for us. And so we didn't have really anything in place. And so it was kind of a, we had just given people laptops in that last year as opposed to desktop computers. And um, so we didn't actually have a hybrid model in place yet. So it was a pretty big uh, shift for us. And how quickly did that part come together? Well, it was, we were kind of forced into it, just like everyone else is. Like everyone have to go home, and we we were the first uh, financial institution to actually close our doors and make it appointment only. And so it, it, you know, I think everyone went home within the first week of the pandemic. And um, we've I've been I'm in my garage. I turned my garage into an office, and I've been in my garage for 18 months now. <laughs> yeah, I think I've only been back at the office a couple times since March 2020. And how is that? Because you have to communicate to your workers, but you also have to communicate to you know the general public that we're doing things differently. Got a new team that I've you know I've probably only been in person with them a handful of times, and so um, it was hard at first. And we relied on pretty old technology, like I said, like conference calls, and and so we were forced to change pretty quickly. And I think another part of it is people were really craving kind of get rid of the corporate speak and talk to me like a person, like we're all going through this together and we want to, you know, I'm working out of my garage and I'm kind of, you know, people are struggling with anxiety and mental health. And it's, and so it really forced a communications team to say, how do we create a personal connection between people and bring people together who are feeling isolated or struggling with anxiety um, and struggling with health issues as well. And so it was just a really kind of, yeah, part of how we had to change communications from corporate speak and like one-way communication and conference calls to, hey, let's have real conversations with our executive leadership team. Let's have two-way dialogue. Let's have Yammer conversation. Let's have video calls because we are one team that are going through this together, not only a rebrand, but working in a pandemic. And so again, it forced us into this uncomfortable zone of saying, how do we how do we talk to each other like people and how do how are we how can we be more human in our communication? 
Yeah, that's really interesting you say that because, as you say, now people can see your garage, right? Before, they only saw one part of you, one small part of you. This kind of opened it up to everybody. And I guess there's different degrees of comfort with that. Did you find that? Um, Yeah, I think so. I think it's, yeah, I think everyone was pretty good at kind of sharing their personal life. Like, I think I've gotten to know people with that, with my work better than I ever have in this last year and a half, just through kind of, you know, people knowing, oh, yeah, here's my kid, here's my dog, (laughs) you know, that kind of stuff. So, so, yeah, and I think video chats and, you know, Teams chats and on the SharePoint platform and even Yammer, like, so we introduced Yammer and we have this channel called The Lounge and people are sharing, you know, hey, let's share back to school pictures of our kids. You know, hey, I was just out at this community hall and check this out. And people are sharing about their personal lives on a corporate channel. And it's really helping our culture kind of, kind of get to know each other as, as people. That's interesting. Okay, so here we are. You've navigated this successfully, the pandemic, and as well as bringing your brands together and you have one entity out there. Give anybody trying to do this some advice. If you are trying to bring different cultures, different brands, and you're trying to work with communications on this, what advice would you give leaders? Yeah, so I think my biggest advice would be to invest in your employees first, especially if you're looking at rebranding. Before we went out with our new brand in May, we spent a solid eight months working using these tools to help employees understand why are we doing this? Why is it better? What's in it for them? How are they part of this? We called it a brand reimagination journey. And we went through an entire engaging process of, you know, brand imagination hub and having an amazing race and having this big virtual event where they had actual kind of gift boxes and a drive-through event so that people can feel invested in this culture and the brand so that when we do go out and when we did go out to our members and to the public to say, hey, we're reintroducing ourselves. This is our name and this is what we stand for all of our employees actually believed in it and felt connected to it. So I would say if you're going through a rebrand and you're looking at culture, it's just um, the number one priority and question is how do I invest in my employees just as much as I invest in anything else? And how do I bring them along the journey through these authentic conversations? And, you know, I guess you have to have some patience for the whole thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not, patience is not my strong suit. So uh, I kind of just, I just do things. <laughs> well, congratulations on navigating it all, Terry. Thanks so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you so much, Linda. Terry Buckley is Director of Corporate Communications at Connect First Credit Union. Well, that's it for today. If you'd like to know more about Terry, please take a look at our show notes. You'll find some links there. If you'd like to connect with me, I'm on Twitter and at Relentless Eco. Now, if you did like this episode about the future of work, please take a moment and leave a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. That really helps people to find us and that will help us continue these conversations. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks as always to Stokely Audio for audio production. To learn more about work and the future and to see show notes, go to the workandthefuturepodcast.com. You can also contact us at comments at theworkandthefuturepodcast.com. The Work in the Future podcast with Linda Nazareth is a relentless economics production.